0: This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy.
1: Hello and welcome to NHS Careers Untapped. The NHS is one of the largest employers in the world. But most people, when they think of a job in the NHS, think of doctors and nurses. However, the NHS is so much more. There's a huge variety of jobs you can do, suiting all interests and personalities. In this podcast, we will be talking to people working in the NHS, in jobs you might never have heard of before, finding out exactly what they do, how they came to be working in that job, and what they love most about it. Hello, I am Hayley, your host
0: for this episode, and today I will be talking to Harry about Talbot as an E-P-R-R and she will tell you more about that and I hope you enjoy listening. So thank you for coming on to the podcast today, Harry. Nice to be here. And I just would like you to tell me a little bit about your job and how you got into the role.
2: Yeah, of course. So I'm an E-P-R-R manager at Guy's St. Thomas's Foundation Trust. And EPRR stands for Emergency Preparedness, Resilience and Response. So Guy's and St Thomas's Hospital, as an acute trust, is designated as a category one responder under something called the Civil Contingencies Act. So this gives us responsibilities similar to those organizations like the Fire and Police Services. So we have to maintain plans to deal with emergencies and also make sure that we can continue the provision of other key activities during those disruptive events. So, for example, we can't stop women in labour coming to the hospital just because we're responding to a major incident. We've got to be able to keep going with everything else, as well as dealing with the emergency.
0: Perfect. And super interesting. Would you be able to tell me how long you've done this job? And if this is the first trust you've done it, if not, How long in total have you been doing it?
2: So I've been working in emergency planning eight years now, almost eight years. However, I've only been working in the NHS for one year. The previous seven years, I was working in the local authority. I was working with Cordon Council and I also worked with Hackney Council, doing a very similar role. So the role and the
0: job is quite transferable. Obviously, there are incidents, accidents that happen in a lot of capacities. So would you say that your role is very, very important regardless of where that is based?
2: Yeah, definitely. So is I feel like it's one of those jobs that you don't really think about until you then find out about it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, of course, someone's got to do that job. Someone's got to. Kind of make sure that everyone's ready and prepared and trained to be able to respond to any kind of emergency or disruption that might happen. And it's applicable to everyone in their professional life or even in their personal life, you know what to do. If there's a fire in your home, for example, you've got to get out, you've got to call 999, you know what to do. And equally, if you work in whatever kind of organization, even private organizations, You need to know what to do to be able to respond to anything. So that could be your kind of typical major incident, like a fire, a flood, but it could also be things that we refer to as business continuity incidents as well. So there could be a power outage internally. All of the water could go out. Your main supplier of a certain thing could be facing problems receiving those supplies upstream. So that they then actually can't give that to you. So then you've got to work out a different way of being able to run your service still without that key item.
0: So very interesting and off the top of your head and off the top of your memory, what would you say was your most interesting incident that you had to respond to?
2: Across eight years, I responded to quite a few incidents, as you can imagine. Some kind of interesting ones that I responded to. So, Guys and St. Thomas's had a really widespread IT outage in the summer of 2022, prompted when we had those really hot temperatures. But also other incidents that I responded to in 2016. There was a tram crash in Croydon, and I was the person on call and initiated the council's response to that. We also had another incident in Croydon in 2018 where we had a gas leak where someone drove into a gas main that came above ground and it meant that we had to evacuate 942 properties which at the time was uh, one of the largest peacetime evacuations in London since world war 2 so there's lots of different things and as you can imagine in a hospital as well there's lots of things that happen that you kind of might not even notice as a patient because everyone keeps going. So there's also been, for example, sewer leakages in different areas and you have to kind of respond to that. You've got to contain it, work out how you're going to work around it. There's been even events such as Operation London Bridge or the death of the queen and planning for her funeral. That's something that we've been planning for, for many, many years. So it's even events like that, that we get involved in to make sure everything can run smoothly.
0: Amazing. I am super interested now about <laughs> what you do. And like I said earlier, it's the first time that I've heard of this job role. I've been in organization seven years. So I'm always learning about new opportunities and new roles within the NHS. So it's really good to have you speak about it today. Just wanted to also
2: ask how you got into the role. So I kind of got into it a bit by chance, really. So at school, doing my A-levels, we were all encouraged to go to university. And I didn't want to do any of the A-levels. I didn't want to take any of them further. I did maths, chemistry and drama. And I did not want to continue with any of them. So I clicked through every single page on the UCAS website looking for something to do. I found a course called Disaster Management and Emergency Planning. Thought, oh, sounds interesting. I realized that our local council where I lived had an emergency planning team. So I contacted them, asked if I could come and do a bit of work experience with them. So I went, I spent two weeks with them, really enjoyed it. So applied for the course. I got in and that's how I got in. And I ended up doing a four year course. So that included a sandwich year where I worked at Southampton University Hospital. It was an unpaid kind of internship as there are kind of many, unfortunately, out there. However, they did pay for my travel expenses. So I just worked half the week with them and the other half of the week I delivered pizzas (laughs) so that I did have some cash to still enjoy myself. And then after that, because I had that experience, I was then able to get a job. And my first job was with Hackney Council. But there are lots of different ways that you could get into the role. So I know some people have fallen into it. They've had experience in the organization. They might have, for example, been the lead for their services, business continuity plan. That's how they've kind of got the interest in it. And then a job's come up and they've applied for it and got it and then done a lot of kind of on the job training. And there are also some roles out there at that apprentice level as well. One of my very good friends joins as an apprentice and works her way up. Uh, and she's also now a manager in EPRR, just like me. Can
0: I also ask what skills you feel like are necessary if you are going into this role? So if you was to meet a young person on the shore, like you were, what skills would you say, okay, this is something that would be key
2: So I would say there's a lot of broad skills that are really kind of relevant to this job. And I think for this role, it's the people skills that are most important. All of the knowledge side of it, you can easily kind of learn on the job and there's lots of reading and courses and things like that. But I think the people skills are really important. So being approachable, also having really good organizational skills. Unfortunately, with business continuity, you often are chasing people. There's lots of different work streams that we are responsible for that you've got to make sure that you keep on top of. So having those organizational skills is really important, but definitely I think that those people skills, because you're going to be talking to lots of different people across the whole organization, which is I absolutely love. It means you get to see so many different characters finding out about different people at all levels of the organization, be them clinical or not. I regularly have conversations, for example, with our chief operating officer and deputy chief executive. So you do speak to more senior people and then you're training more junior people to actually kind of do the response. So, yeah, the the people skills and being approachable and friendly and being willing to get stuck in and get involved.
0: I think that is something that we hear trust-wide with a variety of roles where people are saying that the most valuable skills are not the ones that you go to uni to learn or not the ones that you learn in headship but it's those acquired through conversations through experience with staff with patients and i think your role is really interesting and it's also great to hear how you can be a problem solver essentially and yeah. think outside the box, but you also have to have that human element as well because the incidents are going to affect patients or staff and you have to manage that. And I think you you said earlier that sometimes those patients or staff don't know an incident is happening. And I think that reflects on how well you're doing your job because if the patients are still being looked after, the, the staff are still able to do their jobs and we are almost none the wiser or are a work is disrupted as less as possible, then it it really means that you're doing a great job. And from my perspectives, I can attest to that because I don't feel like there's there's many opportunities where I cannot do my job. There's always a workaround, even with the heat wave. So so thank you. I wanted to also just speak about what you most like about your job and on the flip side, what you find the most challenging.
2: So I think The thing I enjoy most about my job is the variety of it. So no two days are the same. So you could be one day kind of in a committee meeting with those really senior people, you could be writing a plan, you could be delivering training, you could be supporting that instant response. You could be talking with colleagues from other trusts from across London or even other emergency services. So you do get so much variety to it. And because there's such a broad number of work streams and capabilities that we develop, you're always looking at something different. So earlier I was looking at industrial action. Tomorrow I need to look at some power outage preparedness things. So it's always really different. And I also love that you get to know so many people from across the hospital and the wider health sector as well. It's really interesting to find out about other people's roles, just kind of as this podcast is doing, but I'm always learning. So I've been in the NHS just over a year and I'm always finding out about new things that the trust does that I never knew existed and all of that really. And I suppose another thing I really enjoy is that we're always working for and searching for continuous improvement kind of in all aspects. So with Planning for emergencies and doing the business continuity, you prepare and you plan. Then an incident happens, and then we're always looking at, okay, well, what can we learn from this? And then how can we improve it to make the response even better next time? And I really like that continuous improvement aspect. However, I suppose then going on to the challenges that feed into all of those things a lot is that. An emergency planner's work is never done. There's always something that needs doing. And the response side of the job always has to take priority. And you have to be okay with that and be okay with reprioritizing your workload, I suppose, almost on a daily basis, to be honest. And another thing which is a challenge is helping people to understand the importance of the preparedness side of the job as well. So some people, if they don't really know much about the role, think that, oh, we're just kind of sitting, drinking coffee, waiting for an incident to happen. But the bulk of our job is that preparedness, getting people ready, writing the plans, doing that training. And you can't have a good and effective response without that. However, when everyone else is so busy with their own day jobs, and especially given all of the pressures on the NHS, it's really challenging to... Be able to get across to people why they need to prioritize emergency preparedness and business continuity. Really, really interesting. I wanted to also ask what advice do
0: you have for students or young people who might be thinking about a career in your area? So
2: I would say, probably, my biggest bit of advice is be curious and. Being curious, I think bringing that curiosity to any work makes you better at doing it because you're always asking, well, what if, Oh, how about this, or what happens if we do X? And I think that really brings into the continuous improvement element of the job and really kind of increases your interest in it, I think as well. I think it's a, a really amazing and kind of varied subject as well. And I think bringing that curiosity will help keep your brain challenged and help keep you improving things for the organization and also keep you interested as well. I know my partner kind of always gets a bit bored that I talk about my job so much, but that's because I do enjoy it and I enjoy the subject. I always used to like watching disaster movies growing up and now I'm kind of working in it so <laughs> I think that's probably like my best bit of advice in terms of bring that curiosity you're going to meet so many different people with various skills and approaches to work and life but that makes it all the more interesting so yeah be open to it be open to new experiences and interesting things and there'll probably be yeah lots of things that you never knew about, but find really interesting.
0: So this podcast is obviously showcasing the variety of roles available within the NHS. What would you like people to know about your role?
2: I suppose it's worth knowing that virtually every organization has a role or more than one role in emergency planning or business continuity. So, the NHS does, local authorities do, private companies do. And it's becoming, I would say, more and more visible to everyone, especially given COVID, for example. There's a lot of work that is happening in the system. The UK government have just released a new resilience strategy, which is trying to increase the visibility and make everyone more prepared. For example, in New Zealand, if you have an earthquake, people are ready. Everyone has, I don't know, three days worth of water to hand in their house so that they are ready for it and they can cope. In the UK, that's very different. We're very used to other people helping us. If something happens, we're waiting for someone to come and help us. And I think boosting that resilience of not only organizations, but people individually will really help everyone. And I think it will really help everyone on a personal level as well in terms of for example personal resilience is talked about so much and i think it really kind of helps with that and eprr one of the reasons i got into it is because at the end of the day you are helping other people and your preparedness And the preparedness and the activities and the training that you do is in some way making a positive difference to someone when they're going through a period of time, which probably isn't going to be pleasant for them. So that's another reason that I got into it and I find really rewarding.
0: I think it's great to hear about how many people love what they do because they know it's helping someone else even if it's not a patient-facing role. So really, really great speaking to you today. And it was amazing having people hear about this niche role that they may not have known about within NHS, especially, it's not only
1: clinical roles. Thank you for listening to NHS Careers Untapped. To find out more about different career opportunities within the NHS, please check out our other podcasts, available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You can also find out about other events happening as part of the Careers Untapped project by registering on the Great Ormond Street Digital Education Network at the link provided in the episode description and searching NHS Careers Untapped. You can also find links to a couple of other great websites to check out including healthcarecareers.nhs.uk and skillsforhealth.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the GOSH Learning Academy. If you want to find out more about our work, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.